To the Flex of Gold Fantasy Football Podcast, your new favorite fantasy football podcast. Angelo and Glisa here, if I can pronounce my own last name, alongside Nick Perillo. Nick, we have made it last week of the regular season. We have playoffs in just two short weeks. So this is it for the regular season. This is our last regular season uh, buy, sell, ads, drops of the year. Uh, after this, it's postseason time. We got to get ready to win some playoff games. Got to go the three-week gauntlet and survive. Uh, Nick, you're looking in the playoffs right now, or uh, you already looking towards next season? Um, I thankfully can look forward to at least uh, one playoff game. Uh, clinched a spot this week with a little bit of help, so I don't have to worry about having to win and you know looking at point totals at the end of the season. Now it just comes down to seeding, and sometimes uh, the way the seeding works, you might even I might even like want to kind of lose just because it depends who I might match up in that like you know six three spot or the 4-5 spot. So we'll see how it all shakes out, but I also want to beat the person I'm playing at the, in the last week of the season just because I don't want them to get in. Yeah, I, I love being able to play spoiler last week of the season and just hand somebody a loss. <laughs> Unfortunately, I cannot knock anyone out. Uh, really, I do have people that are kind of playing t- to make it, but they're already on the outside looking in, so not so much. I got one seed already secured. I have a top four seed secured. Uh, and I was looking at it for my friends because my friends always look for me uh, to kind of be like, hey, okay, what's the situation for next week? Who win? What's the situations? Who's going to make the playoffs? How do I make the playoffs? And I was looking at it, I'm like, well, winning ends are easy. And then you start looking at the points for it and it's like, well, I, I like – I honestly – well, it makes more sense to do points for. I like just doing it straight up head-to-head for whoever makes it. I think that makes it more fun and a lot more silly. Uh, obviously everyone's gonna be like no you have to do points for that's the most fair way i'm like yeah but also like you didn't win that's like how the nfl does it like the nfl doesn't care how many points you scored nfl says oh you beat this guy head to head doesn't matter if you had a worse schedule you're in uh but that's just me because i was looking at I'm like this is a lot to kind of like parse through. i'm like well if this guy scores 30 but if you score less than 20 than this guy and it just gets it gets to be a mess I think it's an interesting thing to kind of like make it where it would be head to head, but at the same time, it just—I I just think it's—it's it's so like stupid and arbitrary. Like it's not—it it really isn't fair. Like they're like week one, I played a team that has one of the lowest totals in the league. They might make the playoffs, but they scored 161 points against me and beat me week one. Almost any other week, I think I would have beat that team. You know what? It really should be if you want to do exact head to heads. Which I guess kind of would be luck, but it is points for anyway. If you matched up like every single game you played against that team for the season, like okay, week one I scored X amount, you scored X amount, who would have won that game? Ooh, week two, okay. I scored this, you scored that, who would have won that game? Like a whole series and the whole like season. That would be really cool to do. Actually, I like that idea. ESPN because there would be there would be the luck factor involved, where maybe one week I scored like you know seventy five, but you scored only sixty. Uh, and then there could be two weeks where it was inflated and I scored like maybe 150 points, but then a lot like in my points four stopped like, you know, towards the end of the season. Like you blew up a couple weeks. Yeah, and that would definitely favor the team that was most consistent throughout the year. Because yeah. even that way, like even if you have a higher average, if that average is just getting propped <coughs> up by four games and the rest of them are pretty low, 
then yeah, you brought outliers. It. Yeah. yeah. So I, I actually really like that idea. I, I, I might steal that eventually. I have a whole sheet of ideas of research that I'm going to be looking at this off season for my, for my two leagues. One of them being touchdown regression, because I think that ultimately, and this is kind of like a no duh thing. You want to get the players that are more likely to score touchdowns as opposed to giving a crap whether they get yards or not. Like it's all about touchdowns. Like e- even like tight end wise, like you want the tight ends that are getting red zone targets. Period. Like think of, you don't want to think about the guys in terms of yardage. You don't want to think about the guys in terms of like catches. Just get the guys with touchdowns because I've looked at like one of the things I was propped up. I'm like, why is my team sucking so bad? I started off really well and I collapsed the last five weeks. And one of the reasons is I went from about 28 ad points a week from QB touchdowns, both passing and rushing and skill position touchdowns to 14.4 points per week with the touchdowns. So it's just, it, it really does matter with touchdowns. It's like, Hey, good team score touchdowns. That's what you want. So if you have a guy that you're on the fence about, just think about who's going to score more touchdowns. I don't even bother like, well, this guy could have this role or whatnot. Just go with the guy that you think is going to score more touchdowns. We'll see. I think about- it depends on the, I was going to say, I think it depends on the position and where you're like getting people from. That's why when people say like streaming options, like streaming options, you should look at who's getting targets in the red zone, who's getting rushing attempts in the red zone, things of that nature, because one touchdown will completely change like, you know, the way you look at a player. Absolutely. 30 yards in a tu- 30 yards in a touchdown for a streaming option is kind of what you want lost this week in my in this league uh about 122 to 110 and he had five touchdowns and i had two 18 points right there it's all about scoring yeah. touchdowns but anyway let's get into the podcast starting off with buy and sell these are guys that we like the rest of the season and don't like th- for the rest of the season guys that we think can be league winners and guys that can absolutely cost you your league uh, I'm going to go first, and we won't really talk a lot about quarterbacks on here because, again, we're trying to get in and out 30 minutes. But Josh Allen is a guy that I'm buying down the stretch. I think that as it gets colder, he's going to get better. I know last game was pretty rough, but that's I would chalk that up to weather. He has three more home games down the stretch, uh, two of them during fantasy playoffs, unless you ha- go all the way out to week 18. But I think that still favors him. I think that even when the conditions get bad, you're going to start seeing him run the ball a little bit more. That's something we really haven't seen a lot of this season is him running, especially the past five weeks. Has not had more than eight carries in a game and has two games with less than five. So I think they're going to try and get him the ball more in space. They're going to, you saw a little bit of that last night uh, with the options. And he's got a pretty good schedule. I mean, Tampa Bay. Their defense is pretty tough, but you could throw on them. Carolina, another tough t- game, but that's at home. New England in a rematch. You know they're going to be ready for that game. And then Atlanta in Week 17, a defense that is prime to take advantage of. I Again, Josh Allen's one of the few guys that you took early in the draft that's kind of been more or less consistent in what you b- bought. Uh, he had a little bit of a rough stretch uh, the past three weeks. Uh, not past three weeks. A three-week stretch where he went 11, 21, and 18. But for the most part, the guy's been pretty consistent about get hitting that 20-point benchmark that you want to see from a QB. So I like Josh Allen down the stretch. I think he's probably the best option outside of Tom Brady to have. And, you know, that's why you drafted him. It's going to be a guy like you're going to be like, yes, this is why I drafted Josh Allen in the sixth round. I agree with that. Um, I think that Josh Allen has been, like you said, pretty consistent the whole year. He's had some of those monster games that you expected for him. The only thing we just talked about, touchdown regression, 
but it also parallels in the other side where we haven't really seen Josh uh, Allen score a lot of rushing touchdowns this year, and it's something that you know maybe you'll see towards the end of the season here. I think that they should utilize him a little bit more down in the red zone. Uh, he still gets like a decent amount of attempts per game, but I always compare him to like Cam Newton, where uh, maybe not as like Cam was early in his career when Cam could put up maybe like a hundred rushing yard games, but he's so big and so versatile down in the red zone where I think that. Um, even if they had a little bit better of a rushing game, it could help him kind of with like, you know, options and uh, like a, you know, a read option or something like that to get him in the end zone. But he's so hulking and so big that I think maybe you could see a couple more uh, rushing touchdowns out of Allen this year. Yeah. Uh, but with Cam, you know, I was just going to agree. Like, I think like he's like a consensus guy that like you got what you paid for when you drafted him. Yeah. If you think about the guys that went early in drafts, like you have Lamar, Mahomes, Kyler, Josh Allen, uh, and if you and Dak Prescott, Josh is the only one of those guys in the top five right now. You have Tom Brady and Josh Herbert as one and two who are a tier below that. You have Jalen Hurts, who was a guy that was getting all the hype in the preseason. Like you, this is the late round guy you got to add. He's QB four. Stafford, a guy you got after round ten, QB five. And then you have Mahomes, who's been his own case this past few weeks. Lamar, who's been his own case these past few weeks. You want to know who QB eight is? Hint, he was, was a guy. It, uh, it was a guy I was high Kirk? on. It's Kirk. Captain Kirk. QB has been really good the past couple weeks. So that just goes to show you you never, never reach for a QB because it's just so easy not to get that return on investment. Josh, at the very least, is giving you that return. Definitely. Uh going to my um my uh buy uh for now, it's gonna be uh Devontae Parker. Buying him as someone who I think can be at least like a flex option for some teams or like in some wide receiver three leagues, a, a good wide receiver three. Um, he came back this week, scored 11 points. Two has looked really, really good uh, in the past couple of weeks. Not really getting a ton of touchdowns, but he is having completing a ton of passes, which is going to lead to a ton of receptions and yards for some guys. And although Jalen Waddle has kind of emerged as easily the number one there in Miami, I think getting Devontae Parker back gives a little more versatility to the offense going down the sidelines and a little bit more deep balls. Not that Devontae Parker is like, you know, a home run guy, but he can run, I think, the best out of anybody on that team, like a streak route, kind of like, you know, big uh, receiver-wise, kind of like, you know, high point the ball to him and see what he can do with it. And uh, Devontae Parker and two have always had like a pretty good rapport with each other. So I think that he's going to be at least a decent enough uh, guy for the rest of the season who could be startable. Yeah, I like him as a like mid-tier wide receiver too or a high-end flex. Uh, again, it, to, he was to his only weapon the year before. And yeah, it's turned into the Jalen Waddle show recently. But you figure that teams are going to start cluing in on that. And then who's going to benefit? It's going to be Devontae Parker. It's going to be Mike Kosicki. Two has been playing some really good ball. And outside of New Orleans uh, in week 16, he's got by this week. Then the Jets, New Orleans, and Tennessee to finish out the season. That's a pretty nice, uh, you know, round one and a finals matchup for the for that D- Dolphins offense. Isn't the most potent, no, but they can get enough. I think they're a decent enough team to capitalize off that. So I do, I do like me some Parker, and he's a guy that I've actually been looking to acquire in one of my leagues. Uh, moving forward with Cell. Uh, speaking of one Patrick Mahomes, a second. This is probably going to bite me in the butt, but. Uh, yeah, Mahomes. I think I'm selling on Mahomes. I'm going to see. I know trade deadline's passed. 
but maybe you can uh, maybe if your team, uh, your league, extend the trade deadline, uh, you might be able to flip them for something. Outside of one thirty-six point game against Las Vegas uh, in week ten, since week seven, eight, fifteen, ten, eight, thirteen, I kind of think the NFL has figured out this offense. I know it was kind of like cliche to say early on. It's like back in week nine, and then week ten he blows up. I don't, I don't, I just don't see it. He hasn't had a multi-touchdown game outside of week ten since week six, and that was a two-touchdown, two-pick game. He's been very mediocre. Uh, two games out of the past four where he's had completion percentage below 55%. It's just not been good. And if you think about how this team functions as like a very flashy, passy team, those teams don't age well as the weather gets colder. The teams that age better are the Patriots when that run the ball a little bit better. Not saying that running is the only thing you can do, but the Chiefs aren't built to play in the cold. And I kind of, and yeah, they won a Super Bowl. I kind of think. The way the teams are playing them now and just how they've looked, the eye test the past five weeks, it's just not good. Yeah, it's a curious case just because it's very hard to say that uh, you're not confident in Patrick Mahomes being a good fantasy uh, asset to end the season. But a couple weeks I thought he was going to – I believe I said it on here. I thought he was going to turn it on and be like, you know – a world beater, almost like, hey, the Chiefs got to turn it around and get back to, you know, playing like they did the past two years and just dominating people. But he's been really, really, like, shaky. And for someone we talked about return on investment, someone who's taken as the number one quarterback overall in leagues and probably wasn't going much later, like, you know, than, you know, going in rounds two, three, and four as the latest, I don't even think he would probably be drafted in round four in some leagues. But, I mean, position-wise, yeah, position-rank-wise, he's in the top like seven but outside of those five starting games and that one game in the middle where he scored 36 he's been really bad like like he's the type of guy where you drafted him where he's losing you those weeks by getting 12 points seven points like 15 points like you need Mahomes to be a consistent 20 plus point producer and come playoff time you can't have your quarterback getting you 12 points no guy in my one league that has Mahomes is completely almost completely out of the playoffs he needs a miracle the other one started off seven and two, and with Mahomes at QB, has lost like three games in a row, and now is on the fringe of making the playoffs. Like there's a chance, there's a good chance that he's going to be out of the playoffs if he does not win next week. So yeah, it's probably going to bite me in the butt. Mahomes is really good; he's super talented, but I don't think they've evolved the offense enough. Going to my sell, uh, it's going to be not completely selling him that he's not going to be like good down the stretch, but um, it's Marquise Hollywood Brown. I just think not being like a consensus number one receiver for teams. I just think the way that that offense is trending and the way he's been trending, um, I'd be a little weary to uh, assume he's going to have huge point productions. The past three, four weeks, he really hasn't been that great. He's on a touchdown drought as well. We mentioned at the top of the show, you know, you need touchdowns to win. Hasn't really got a lot of those. And, like, eye test-wise, if you look at, like, the Ravens, their offense is just so sloppy and all over the place. It's been, like, a mess all season. But the only thing I'd say that's kind of, like, for the offense that's shining a little is Devontae Freeman's actually looked pretty decent the past couple of weeks. So maybe the Ravens try to get more into that run-heavy offense and we see less throwing. But 
I mean, Lamar came out and he said, like, oh, I need to cut down on the, uh, excuse me, on the turnovers. And he had a couple bad turnovers in that game last week. And it just seems like there's no flow to that offense. Yeah, Lamar could just, like, everything I said for Mahomes, you could apply to a Lamar, too. I mean, the guy has had eight turnovers in four games. He missed the fifth. Uh, out of those four games, only one game is he above 20 points. And this is a guy that's supposed to have that high floor with his rushing. And if you go look at the games and how many multi-touchdown games he's had, how many do you think he's had? Multi-touchdown, like passing and throwing? or Total. So like rushing, like if he gets a, a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown, that counts as a multi-touchdown game. Four? Three. Jeez. Only three. Not good. <laughs> He's got only has two rushing touchdowns on the season. Both those were both week two against the Chiefs. His multi passing touchdown games, only two of those. Uh week five against Indy and week nine against Minnesota. Both of those games went to overtime. So yeah, with Hollywood being tied to Lamar, and I think this team is also gonna be one of those teams that, you know. They can evolve. They were very pass-heavy to start the season. They can evolve to a rushing team, which is really going to eat into Hollywood's uh, upside. That's essentially – I went the long way about saying that. But, yeah, I completely agree on Hollywood's upside down the stretch. Yeah, it was honestly just seeing them, how they use Devonta Freeman, and I think that it's going to be the idea of, hey, we want Lamar to be a better passer, but we know how to win this game with running, so they're going to try to run the ball, I think, more. Yep. That's, I, again, think that too. Moving on to our ads and drops. Uh, my first ad is going to be Amir Abdullah. I mentioned this uh, last week with Chuba. I think there's a real chance that Chuba gets a lot of his workload into. The, the Matt Rolla said that they want to run the ball more, and Chuba Hubbard has not really shown any real explosiveness. He's kind of been getting yards by volume. So I think they might try and switch it up and you know use Abdullah, who's been a very dynamic running back, uh, guy that returns kicks, guy that lights up the preseason with his athleticism. And I think they could see him manufacturing touches for him. And if he ends up making the most of them, he could end up taking Chuba's job entirely. So I like him as an ad. He's a guy that maybe you can't start him right now, uh, but he definitely has upside as the season goes on and in your in the postseason. A guy that if he ends up taking the starting job could end up being a league winner if you really desperately need a running back. Yeah, I would, uh, as a Chuba Hubbard owner, I would hope that's not the case. Um, I, you know, I, I could see him being used more in like a, uh, like a passing down back kind of role. But the only thing about that is that it doesn't, it, from the last game at least, it doesn't seem like Cam Newton really knows how to operate and throw to his running backs. I mean, he looked awful in that last game that they played against Miami and, that was with McCaffrey on the field. He missed McCaffrey, I think, on a couple of those passes in the first half. But I don't know. It's it's a tough offense to forecast for just because they're technically still on the hunt, I think. But uh, Cam Newton was so bad in those other games that if they get behind quick, it's not even going to matter who's running the ball in that backfield. But I think he is a necessary add for this late in the season. And like you mentioned, like you need to just grab your handcuffs if you can find them. And Abdullah is someone who looks like he's going to cut into some of the workload in that offense. But uh, for a Chuba a Hubbard owner like myself, I just hope that Chuba can do enough with the attempts that he's given. The time for guys that have high floors, low ceilings are over. Now is all about the low floor, 
high ceiling because you you need to maximize every single week. Uh, you can't just survive off consistency. This is like you're looking for boom after boom after boom. Going with uh, my ad, it's going to be someone who I was down on probably in the middle, uh, towards the beginning, middle of the season when uh, he had an explosion to start. And then I was like, oh, you got to get rid of this guy. But it's K.J. Osborne. Uh, pretty simple here with Adam Thielen going down. K.J. Osborne now slides into the number two role uh, in that uh, Vikings offensive uh, air attack. Uh, Just Jefferson looked awesome on Sunday. Caught a ton of balls. Almost, I mean, he almost had like 200 yards receiving in that game. Uh so, obviously, Justin Jefferson is going to get a ton of looks. But with that being said, K.J. Osborne now steps up to that secondary role. And even if, you know, he's not the best, just being a number two receiver on a team that throws the ball as much as the Vikings do, um, you know, you're going to get some kind of looks and some kind of production. So, for teams looking for some kind of, you know, flex or even, like you said, that low ceiling, that low floor high ceiling, he could be a high ceiling player just based on the amount of volume he's probably going to receive. Let's not forget, he started off the season really darn well. Uh, and the way this Vikings team works, it's very weird. It's not the most fun offense to watch, but they somehow put up points. So, like, with Thielen out, again, that's going to boost your Madison and Dalvin Cook stock. That's going to boost your Tyler Conklin stock. And a guy like K.J. Osborne, who has shown that he can play play in this offense and be pretty effective, uh, him and Justin Jefferson should have a fun time uh, replicating the success that Jefferson and Thielen had. So I do like that ad. Uh, moving on to my second ad, defenses don't get love on the podcast either, so let's talk about some defenses because defenses win championships. Saints defense, I really do like this defense. They, I think that they are a team that you could start every game from here on out. I think they have a very favorable set schedule starting off this week against the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson has thrown an interception every game that he has started, so they're just two points. you're starting off with 12 points right off the bat. After that, they, yeah, they do have a tough game against the Buccaneers, but uh, Dolphins, Panthers to finish that up. So if you could get past week one, the Dolphins and the Panthers defenses are not that great. I mean, offenses aren't that great. And so you could see a real nice explosion of points with that Saints defense. Yeah, I mean, you got it right there with the Saints defense. Uh, not available in my league right now, but, you know, when you're looking at the defenses here, you really did. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. I look at, you know, in fantasy, when you look at a lot of the losses that you might have in a, in a game, sometimes a lot of those points come down to tight end, defense, kicker. Did your tight end, defense, and kicker beat their tight end, defense, and kicker? Because nine times out of ten when I look and I don't, I lose that game. Having a defense that can give you that at least like ten points is so monumental and so big just because – when you start with that 10, you know, it looks good on the scoreboard, but then, like, the regression, it goes, like, you know, not 10 to 8 to 7 to 6. And then, you know, you have some of those defenses where they boom and they get you 15 points plus. Those are the games that you're going to win. And, you know, having a good defense and having these good matchups towards the end of the year really does matter. Which brings me to my ad, which is also a defense. That's going to be the Chargers defense. I will say the Chargers defense hasn't really been that great this year. They give up, like, a good amount of points to teams. But I also feel like they have played a lot of – they've had a tough schedule uh, this season. I mean, last week was their best defensive performance. They had 19 points, and that was against a really good Bengals offense. I mean, they were up 24 nothing. Then the Bengals came back, made it 24-22, and they had a scoop and score touchdown to kind of push the game away. But looking ahead for the playoffs, too, if you're a playoff team, you could think of it this way. They have the Giants this week. So end of the season, even if you're fighting for a final spot, 
you're playing the Giants. That should be a pretty good defensive game. Then you got the Chiefs where, you know, it's a tough game to start. But then after that, if you can keep making it to the next rounds, they play Houston and Denver. Houston, horrible team. Denver, not a bad team, but I don't really love that offense outside of Javante Williams. So I think it's a good defense to pick up because, you know, you have at least three of the next four matchups are decent enough matchups. Yeah, the only issue with the Chargers defense, and the thing that can really bite you, is the fact that their rushing defense is so awful. Now, last week against the Bengals, the via game script, they were able to keep the Bengals just from passing the ball because they were trailing most of the game. So Mixon didn't get a lot of carries. He got hurt. P. Ryan didn't get a lot of carries. They were able to set up the game so that they didn't have to defend the run. If a team like the Giants are insistent on running the ball early and keep the game close, I mean, Saquon, in theory, is still a good running back. That could cause problems, and it's one of those games that could surprise you when the Chargers only get three. That said, their secondary is tremendous. Uh, they do have a lot of talent on that side of the ball and a very favorable schedule. I mean, we're both WU guys, Kaiser White. It's so awesome to see him really getting the respect that he's due in the league. But you just have to watch out for those games where the other team can run the ball and run the ball early, and then they keep the game close, and then ultimately the Chargers really can't get anything to go in. I, for me, I, like 10 points is always great. I just look for five. five. If you're getting me five points, I'm good. Moving as on as, as long as it's not negative. Yeah, yeah. I so far so far this season I have only had one negative defensive performance. I am overdue. Uh moving on now to our drops. And my drops are Seahawks running backs, not named Adrian Peterson. Uh whenever AP comes in, you figure that he's gonna get the work <coughs> to start off. Uh he did in Tennessee up until his last week there. Uh he got more work than you expected this week with the Seahawks. And the only other guy that really got carries with AP was Rashad Penny. So maybe Penny's okay to keep, but Alex Collins, no carries. DJ Dallas, no carries. Travis Homer, his only carry came on, his biggest carry came on a fake punt. Outside of that, two carries for about three yards. So I, it's hard to roster any of these guys. And I know Collins is a good guy that's been bounced off rosters. Penny might be the only guy in addition to. Uh, AP to keep because I think he's a little bit more dynamic in the passing game. He did have a 27-yard catch. But it, with the Seahawks, it's just it's a bad team. It's a bad offense. And I would just avoid it entirely if I could. Yeah, the Seahawks are a team I talked about uh, selling on their receivers last week. Uh, they actually did put up a pretty good game, both Lockett and Metcalf. Decent enough. But um, it's just a team that I think even so, and it sounds weird, but like, even like I think road games are even going to be worse games for them, just because it's just not a spirited team at all. Like I think that they're so bad, and this is like I said last week, the end of an era, the end of like kind of like that front, that you know that uh like that dynasty in Seattle. I think that Russ is. I think Russ might be gone at the end of the year. Pete Carroll could be gone, so you don't know what they're going to do. I feel like they've been trying to almost hold the team together with like gum and tape for the past couple <laughs> of years, but. I think it's like the the end is near, basically, and uh, just yeah. For, I mean, forget about DJ Dallas and Rashad Penny. I mean, even Adrian Peterson, he's like a streamer bowl, like uh, maybe he'll get a touchdown kind of guy in a really tight spot. But that's about it. Yeah, I uh, I'm happy with Seattle because I'm a Jets fan. And we have their pick, so I agree. This is a, but I could also see them just being stubborn and trying to stick around. Either way, I no part of it. Just avoid. At all costs. I agree. And going to my drop, going to be someone who I 100% wrong on. Um, I thought that Kenny Galladay was going to have a 
a pretty good season this year. Guy said maybe he'd have like a thousand yards and possibly like double digit touchdowns, but doesn't look like either of those things are uh, going to happen. He has zero touchdowns, I believe. Uh, he's just been such a flop. I it was it was, but I was about maybe he's going to be like good, like one of these big free agent signings that does pan out, but uh, was yet to be seen. And we were kind of going between uh, talking about like, oh, who are we going to talk about? I was going to bring up Devin Singletary, but Angelo, you made a good point that. You know, it's just the running back is more valuable than the receiver. So Kenny Galladay is probably sitting on somebody's bench anyway right now. I think that his – and we talk about low floor, high ceiling. He doesn't have a high ceiling at all, and he has a low floor. So he's not even like – he's in a basement. There's nowhere for him to go. Man, if only you had a good friend or podcast co-host that told you drafting Kenny Galladay was a bad idea. Oh, yeah, that was me. I didn't draft him, but I thought he was going to be good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also with the Giants, if you haven't heard, Jake Fromm, who has been with the team for five games, he might end up starting on Mon- uh, Sunday. So, yeah. It looks cool when he spins the football, though. It does look cool when he spins the football. But, unfortunately, I don't think you get points in fantasy for coolness. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for the podcast. Outside the fact, we got our Thursday night heat checks. So Thursday night, we have Steelers and Vikings in what's going to be an absolutely lull of a game between those two teams. For me, I'm liking me some Kirk Cousins. Uh, Give me all the Kirk. I know the Steelers defense is pretty good. Uh, So far, I've only given up 20 points once since week five. Kirk's been super efficient, though. Kirk has not made a lot of super dumb throws this year. Yeah, you could say he's due. But I also kind of trust him to put up 18 points. Uh against the Steelers team that struggles to move the ball on offense. Uh, so I think that they all have plenty of time to do it, and the Vikings love playing ball control. On the flip side, give me some Chase Claypool. Feels like he's overdue a big ball, uh, big game. I feel like he's going to get a nice big touchdown here, maybe a 50-yarder plus. So give me Claypool, give me Kirk. That's my Thursday night heat check. Uh, for my heat check, I'm going to go with uh, Big Ben. Uh, could be the end of Big Ben uh, coming to the like. I think he announced. Is he going to retire at the end of this season? Is that what he said? He's expecting that he will not be back with the Steelers next season. He has not said retirement specifically. If I were him, I'd just retire. Uh, you know, go out as a Steeler. But never, nevertheless, uh, he's been pretty bad this year. Maybe you know, maybe he'll turn it around on a Thursday night game. Uh, they're home, so uh, you know they are away. So we'll see what happens, but. Um, I'm going to go with on for the Viking side, Greg Joseph as my heat check. Uh, the guy's a beast. He missed the cut. I think he missed the game winner in week one and had a couple missed field goals, but it's been really good since then. Missed a couple PATs, but who, what kicker doesn't nowadays? And, uh, just because the Vikings are home, I like that. You don't have to kick in, uh, the top, like if it was in Pittsburgh, I'd say different story just because one, like, probably the hardest place in the NFL to kick. But give me Greg Joseph. Give me Greg 10, 10 plus points for Greg Joseph. Love that as a Greg Joseph owner. But that will do it for the Flex of Gold Face Football Podcast. We have another week before we have playoffs. So Nick will be there. I'll be there. And for Nick Prillo, I'm Angelo Lusa. And as always, we hope it pans out for you.